0: You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. We're live, but we're letting it breathe just for a moment here while we bring on Facebook and then we will officially get this party started and uh, get to some really fun conversations tonight, some fun stuff we're going to get into. And it looks like we're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is our esteemed producer-in-chief. You know him. You love him as Buona Beast. We call him John Cronenberg. Right? He's John K. That's who he is. John, what's going on, dude? Thanks for co-hosting with Zach being, uh, being out on vacay.
1: Yeah, glad Zach is able to take a breather. He does this, lives and breathes Broncos. You know he does this all the time, seven days a week. Even when we're not potting, he's always working, getting some angles, some articles, thinking about some new stuff. So glad he was able to get away for a little bit, but I'm also so glad to be in front of you guys, able to speak with you. Uh, I'm behind the keyboards most of the time, but really – talking to you guys, even through the keyboards. It means the world to me. Uh, Twitter, whatever ways we speak, uh, I just really enjoy it. So it's great to be able to be live and uh, able to see you this way.
0: Now, keep in mind, John's going to be chewing gum and walking at the same time today. He's going to be helping as a co-host and trying to do some his producer job in the chat. But we might not be quite as lickety-split, Johnny, on the spot, getting to some of the chats as we might normally, but we will get to all the supers, don't you worry. And it's also... Mile High Mailback Day, because we are your football priests, and each and every week we're here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. But, John, first things first, you know, I was I, I got to pass on some unfortunate news. I really tried to get Jake Plummer on the show to talk about his upcoming movie. Uh, I was able to talk with Jake today um, and had a nice interview with him, but he just wasn't feeling the camera in his face thing, right? He was He's happy to talk. He's happy to be recorded. He's had all that's fine, but he just wasn't really feeling doing a live podcast. But I did get to talk to him about his upcoming movie, and it sounds Sweet. fun. They got a little bit of a, a gap to close to get the remaining funding, but it's only a fraction. They've got like 95% of it already funded. They need a little bit more. I'm going to have a piece coming out of my conversation with him at, at milehuddle.com later. But I thought it was interesting, John. One of the things after we got done talking about you know the movie stuff and all that, which they're trying to promote and create awareness, we got through that obligatory section. And I asked Jake if he regretted his decision following the 06 season, right? Denver Broncos trade him to Tampa Bay. And you would think, oh, that actually might be a good fit. Another West Coast offense guy, John Gruden. Still only if not not as many years removed as he is today from that Super Bowl that he won, right? Back in what was that, oh two. Yeah. But Jake Plummer was being asked to go from being like the understood starter to having to go to Tampa and compete with Jeff Garcia and Brad Johnson, all these guys. And he said, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. Retires, right? So I asked him if he regretted that. And long story short, he says, you know, his ego sometimes makes him question if he had made the right decision. But he told me john this was news to me his plan was always to play 10 years and hopefully in that 10 years win a super bowl and then retire i don't know that i've ever heard jake plummer go on record as saying this before but he told no. me that if the broncos had won this uh, uh, had gotten to the super bowl the year prior right 05 when they lost to the steelers at home in the afc title game they had gotten over the hump gotten to the super bowl and beat the seattle seahawks in that super bowl he was gonna retire, he was gonna do a John Elway, Peyton Manning, hoist a Lombardi. Catch you later.
1: That seems so much like Plummer to me, though. When you know, when anything didn't go his way, I felt like you know, when the fans were booing him, for example, he gave them the bird. If you remember a little bit, he had this attitude that it, it was a winning attitude, he cared about his teammates, it wasn't so much, so much about. Uh, external glory. He wanted to get the glory of getting that Super Bowl for his team, for everything in, in that regard. And I don't blame him, actually, for what happened uh, with the Buccaneers. To be honest, he was going into a situation where I think there was four other quarterbacks that had starting experience. Then he's going in there, not guaranteed his position, not guaranteed his role, uh, and it just wasn't a good situation. Gruden didn't handle it well himself. You know, He didn't speak to Plummer. He said, yes, I want Plummer to be a part of this team, but he wasn't going to he didn't go above and beyond trying to convince him he didn't make plumber feel like he was the guy so of course you know for plumber it it felt kind of it had to feel like a backhand uh, slide a little bit you get the broncos the afc championship next and then all of a sudden they draft cutler and then you're going to have the issues of now you're going to tampa bay and and are they going to be uh be with you all the way or are they just going to look for you for one year and then once they find their solution go, go away so for me I always understood why Plummer did the, did things the way he did. He had, uh, you know, his attitude, the way he he ran things was was his way, and I I loved his play. So I understand what he was talking about and where he's coming from.
0: Dude, I I just always one of my most I don't want to say cherished because that gets a little too fanboyish, but one of my favorite eras of Broncos football was the o three o four o five. I'll even include 06 All right, with Jake, because Jake. Uh, arrived 03 playoffs, 04 playoffs, 05 AFC title game. 06 had the team cruising for the playoffs. 7 and 4, unfortunately, the team had drafted a rookie in the first round in Jay Cutler and Jake had two game losing streak. Despite having the team still in the lead 11 games into this thing in the AFC West Mike Shanahan rips the bandaid off, throws in Cutler and then of course the rest is history as we know but Jake Plummer, man, if they'd gone all the way, and I'll tell you this, I've said it on the podcast before, many, many times. If, and unfortunately I hate to say it, but you know, Jake's performance in that AFC title game was the reason. Not the only, but you know, amongst the biggest factors behind why they didn't take care of business at home in the AFC title game against an upstart Steelers team with a second-year quarterback and Ben Roethlisberger, the reason they didn't take care of business among them, Jake Plummer, who had been very efficient, he went from being called Jake the Snake, and he still is called Jake the Snake, but all the uh, color guys and the national guys started calling him no mistake Jake because, because he was just so efficient that year. Then he decides to have basically his worst game as a Bronco in the biggest moment of his career. But if they had gotten over that hump, John, I have no doubt in my mind, the Broncos, that Broncos team would have steamrolled the uh who was it? Uh Matt, what's his name? Hasselbeck and Sean Alexander. I mean, they had they had a nice QB running back combo, but that was not a stacked team. That was not a stacked team. And then maybe we would have gotten to see Jake Palmer do the hey, this one's for me. Catch you later. Hang up yeah. completes.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think they would have uh, – I think most of the time they would have beaten that Sealer team as well as that C- Seahawks team. Um, that's just my personal opinion. I just think the Broncos had a bad day. Plummer, as you were saying, hot. He had a really high passer rating. I know we use QBR now, but what a, what a great year that was and uh, wish we could have seen a, a few more in the end.
0: And I think, honestly, a big reason for it, it, it wasn't only Jake's fault. I don't want to make it sound like they Jake was the only reason the Broncos lost that game. But I think because the week prior, they had handed Tom Brady his first playoff loss ever, right? And at the time, let's see, this was 05. So, yeah, he was a defending – the Patriots were the defending world champs. They were coming off that – let me make sure I got this right – 2000. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. Who, who am I thinking? Were they defending world champs? Either way. Mm-hmm. Um, hands – New England and Tom Brady, his first playoff loss. It's almost like they, you know, um, ex- they, they, all of their competitive juices and hormones. They worked it out in that game, like that was getting over the hump. Well, you still needed to keep it going. You still needed to, you know, you can't shoot your wad in the divisional round. You got to also beat the AFC title game uh, opponent and win the Super Bowl. So, anyway, i have That's a great long- point. That's a great I'll, have, point. I'll have a long form piece coming out on my conversation with Jake. And he also had some really interesting things to say about one drew Locke. I opted not to go into Aaron Rodgers territory, though. He would have been, he was down to talk about it if I wanted to, but I'm like, what more can there really be said about that? We've already got Jake on the record talking about that. So real quick, and then we'll get to some matters of business. John, we got George Newton in early with a super sticker. Number one, George, you're number one dude in our hearts. Love George, you, George.
1: I got to say George is in here early all the time. He's always getting the conversation going no matter what, you know, whatever we have as the topic, he will get a conversation going. If no one, no one's speaking. So George appreciate everything you do. You're on point with your Broncos knowledge and just enjoy speaking with you when we have the opportunity. Thank you so much for that super chat and that super sticker.
0: So one thing I want to grab real quick, and then we'll, a lot of these super chats will start to make a little bit more sense is uh, something that came via NFL.com's Mark Sessler, who said this. I'm going to quote him real quick. This is thanks to the DenverBroncos.com actual website, doing some heavy lifting for us, aggregating some stories. This is uh, from DenverBroncos.com. Quote, picking one player from each team uh, for the Pro Bowl. Uh, Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, so 2021 season nearly upon us. Which Bronco could be the next uh, Pro Bowl newbie? picking a player from each team for that honor. So Sessler went around and said, which for all 32 teams, here's a player who's never made a Pro Bowl that's likely to. He picked Garrett Bowles. Quote, Denver's left tackle was a bona fide Pro Bowl snub after finishing as PFF's third best tackle. The 2017 first rounder made the leap in his fourth season as a count on me, run blocker, and protector of the quarterback. Perhaps Bowles could follow in Justin Simmons' footsteps Building on his second-team All-Pro season with a Pro Bowl campaign in the ensuing season. Close quote. So, John, how likely do you think that is, and how optimistic are you that last year wasn't just a one-off for Garrett Bowles?
1: I'm very optimistic with Bowles. Uh, you know, I've. Sp- Well, I've spoken a little bit in the past about Bowles and uh, when it comes to his disabilities, Uh, and this is maybe a little long-winded, so I'm not sure if we want to get to the matter of business first. But when it comes to Bowles, I think what he needed was the proper coaching. He needed to also have the proper – being taught the proper way. So he's had some issues just – being able to learn how to play the position. And that takes years. And and for me, it takes the right coach as well. So he may have had some great coaching, some coaches that could really do some phenomenal work. But however, it does not work with how Bowles learns. So when Munchak came in, that really gave Bowles the great opportunity to to learn in in a way where someone could teach him how, what he needs to do in in a way that he understands. And so he understood how to take these blocks and make these uh, adjustments. And I think that's a huge uh, testament to all learning disabilities where each, you know, that person, they have to be taught a certain way and it's meant for them. So a coach can't just say, I I taught a left tackle this way with Bowles. You know what? He's going to learn differently. So, that's one big thing with me when it came to Bowles. He has that coach in place now. He has the fundamentals in place, and now he probably can advocate for himself as well to get the proper coaching if Munchak leaves eventually because of his age and his family. That's how I feel about Bowles going forward.
0: Hey, I'm optimistic. I think he was just – you know, it, it's it's a little bit different because he doesn't play a skill position or even on defense where they're racking up stats, right? Right you have to you really look at the film, but he was just so steady and so consistent that I really don't expect that to change. It's something clicked in the mind of Garrett Bowles. And sure it helped that the NFL was a little bit lax uh, as far as the refs were concerned, getting the word from on high. Hey, let's, let's be a, a little bit more discretionary with our holding flags, right? That helped him a little bit. Um, and we'll see how much that persists, you know, that, that, holding on to the flags thing into 2021, but I am not worried at all about bulls having a similarly consistent season. I'm really not. And real quick, I know we got many, many super chats. We're going to get to them. So I'm going to blast through these matters of business guys. Follow the podcast on Twitter at huddle up pod, the main account at mile high huddle. You can find John on Twitter. Oh, I almost just clicked on it, but look, it's on screen at I'm right here. Okay. M H H myself at Chad and Jensen. And then don't forget to also follow Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL Hey, you want to connect with us on social media? Twitter's great. Also, Facebook. There is a Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page. In fact, we're streaming there right now. Make sure you're liking and following that page, even if you're not huge on enjoying the show from Facebook, maybe you're YouTube or Twitter or Twitch or listening after the fact on Apple Podcasts. But please, head on over to Facebook, like and follow that page. That automatically enters you into our weekly giveaways our raffles for a little swag. In fact, remind me, John, before the night's over to, to get to the name who who wins this week. Um, and then also, guys, kindly consider becoming a supporter of MHH on Facebook. It is easy to do. Find our Facebook page, facebook.com slash huddle. Big blue button at the top. Become a supporter. Click that. You're in like Flynn. You get access to Kelberman's Corner every Sunday at noon Mountain Time, the Trickle Zone every Saturday at noon Mountain Time. These weekends now include a show called Broncos Book Club with yours truly. It's uh, another great way to help support what we're doing. Keep the lights on here at MHH and also get you access to our premium VIP video content. Uh, also, check out the merch store gang when you get a second. HuddleUpPod.com. Get your swag on. Get a hat. Get a t-shirt. little something-something. And if you're not in a position, <clears throat> pardon me, to do those things, hey, believe us when we say we're just stoked to have you with us. Check to make sure you are subscribed. We uh, The number has, has steadily dwindled, John, in terms of the number of people who watch this show every single day on YouTube who aren't subscribed. So that's good, but it's still a pretty serious number. Like it's around 30% of the people who are watching this every single night. They're not actually subscribed to mile high huddle on YouTube. So check that gang, make sure you are like the video kindly. If you're on Facebook or YouTube guys, that is the most organic way you can help us on a day in day out basis. Every piece of content you see, including these live streams, give it a like. And then, Hey, even if you don't agree with every word that comes out of my mouth or Zach's or John's, if you respect the effort, please share this video out there and help us continue to grow, reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. All right, and we got – go we'll ahead, go John. ahead.
1: I was just going to say, remember to subscribe because you're going to get other videos as well. Uh, you know, We just recently had one uh, with Eric Trickle go up on Calvin Anderson. I know a lot of people are interested in that uh, tackle position behind with the depth. So always subscribe and you'll get those videos as well.
0: No doubt about it. No doubt. Michaela, everyone knows Michaela now. I mean, everyone knew Michaela anyway, but now everyone knows Michaela. She was on the show last Correct. night, knocked it out of the park. Appreciate the super chat, my friend. It was great getting a chance to visit with you. She says, frankly, I would like to see another top year from Bulls before making the claim. Hi, uh, Zach and John. I think she meant I, I'm hurt. Chad and John. Let's go, Michaela.
1: Let's go. Wait, 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 wait.
0: Ah. You're Steve. taking
1: care of. You're taking care of. She's a Hall of Famer for a reason, right? Exactly. Um, um, but, yeah, let's get back to her question. Let me put that back up there. I understand wanting to see him another year with, with a lot of players. If they make you know a burst year come out, uh, you always have some questions still. But I feel like even though that was a contract year, I think Bull still has that that drive in him, that desire to prove everyone wrong, that those first couple years, guess what? Those were, those were not the bowls that he, that he is. It's not what he's capable of. He wants to show that he is one of the best tackles in the league, and he is going to have that option, and I think he's going to, as we were saying, we're very optimistic about this. I think he can do that one more year for you, Michaela, and you will be delighted to have him for the rest of, uh, I think, the rest of his career with his
0: age. So here's the question, all right? And I'm stealing this idea from the great Scott Kennedy who – Did a great job holding down the fort today solo on Broncos for breakfast. But on his YouTube channel, by the way, guys, uh, make sure you are subscribed to Scott's YouTube channel. It's very, very much for any NFL fan, a worthy uh, subscription. YouTube.com slash C slash Scott Kennedy. Easy to find. But I'm stealing his idea about the best ever. And on the topic of being the best ever, I want to ask you this. In in your opinion, Garrett Bowles now – four full seasons into his career. He's entering year five. Um, Is he a top five left tackle in Denver Broncos history? You know, it sounds weird to
1: say um, because there was some bad years, but I do think he's a a top five tackle for the Broncos. Um, Specifically, we're only talking left tackles. He is a top five tackle. Uh, This, you know, that's, that's how I feel there. You can, you know, we're going to go through a a list of of tackles here. But, but, I don't see anyone making a claim for anyone above him at this point. I understand you can make claims from the years past, but th- there really th- there hasn't been many tackles that have been great with the Broncos besides the stars that we're so accustomed to.
0: So let's go through this real quick. Let's yeah. let's define who our respective top five left tackles, all right, left tackles in Broncos history are. And since you are guest hosting, John, I'll let you go first do it from uh, do it from five to one do it from five to one.
1: So you want all of them at once? Yeah let's let's go. So I got Garrett Bowles at number five. Uh, we'll get into that reason a little bit more in a second. Got Tony Jones at number four got Ryan Clady at number three uh, one of my personal favorites Matt Lepsis is at number two for me and then at number one I think this is a, an automatic Gary Zimmerman man. Hall of Famer, what else can you say? Gary Zimmerman, number one.
0: My list is very similar. One exception, one exception. So in descending order, I'm putting Garrett Bowles in my top five all time because remember, you know, this. there haven't been that many left tackles of, of, you know, it's not like the Broncos have a who's who list of former Pro Bowl and all pro left tackles. There is a Hall of Famer at the position, Gary Zimmerman. We know, spoiler alert, he's our number one all time for both of us. But beyond Ryan Clady, you have to really get and Bowles, you have to really go back to the 60s to find a tackle who made a Pro Bowl for the Denver Broncos. And that goes beyond, you know, I'm a student of history and I know those names and I know about those teams, but I wasn't there to see it with my own eyes. Right. And so it's a little bit different. So for me, it goes like this Garrett Bowles, number five. Ryan Harris. Now, I know right now you're going to go, wait a minute, he was a right tackle. Yeah, Yeah, he was, but he was also the starting left tackle on the world champion 2015 Denver Broncos um, Great Super point. Bowl team. All right, and storied history, you know, former third-round pick of the team. He was an original-round guy. Then he left, bounced around, came back. So, all right, Bowls five, Harris four, three, Tony Jones, two, Ryan Clady, one, Gary Zimmerman. Wow, Okay. I love the Harris pick for for one reason.
1: I'm not sure if any of you you know I'm talking you know if any of you are my age have watched this. He was on a show on MTV uh, about getting ready for if you're it had to do with weight and he had to put on an extreme amount of weight to get ready to go to the University of Notre Dame. Sorry to go on this little tangent. It's just one of my favorite stories. This is why well, we're here. Tangent away. Um, and so he was working out, always putting on the weight, working hard. Um, and I always remember just. Seeing him on that show on MTV, and always thinking, I wonder if that kid's going to make it into the pros. And then out of nowhere, I see the Broncos, and this was you know a little bit younger of me. I, I see the Broncos take Ryan Harris, and I, I said, could that be like that person on that TV show and on M- MTV so long ago? Was he selected by the Broncos? And it, in fact, was Ryan Harris. He was selected. Um, so I always have a great soft spot for ryan harris just because i remember watching him a little bit as a high school kid it felt like and now i've seen where he's come to and even where he's come to now i mean he's besides his playing uh days now he's also great in the community so i'll give you a little bit of room with ryan harris because of how much he he touches my heart
0: but you know what matt lepsis who does indeed have a super bowl ring because you know, we had to research this because we knew that Lepsis obviously came to the Broncos undrafted from CU in 97. So we're thinking, well, doesn't he have two rings? No, he doesn't. In 97, he was a practice squad guy, and um pretty sure back then practice squad guys didn't get rings. But the next year, even though he wasn't a starter, he was on the active roster, so he got a, a Super Bowl ring for Super Bowl 33 and then went on, you know, in between – Um, the Gary Zimmerman, Tony Jones shortly followed that era. He was the left tackle until injuries kind of took its toll. And Mike Shanahan went back to the well, drafted Ryan Clady in the first round in 08. So Lepsis is absolutely an honorable mention. And in terms of like, you know, staying power and, and tenure, I could see how some Broncos fans would pick nits with even our yours and mine, John, decision to have Garrett Bowles, uh, in, in my case, why I would have Garrett Bowles on the top five over Matt Lepsis. But Bowles has already been more prolific in terms of achievements, accomplishments than Matt Lepsis was. But that's not taking anything away from Lepsis because he was also, oh. John, great story too as a former undrafted guy from
1: CU. CU Boulder, very happy about that. And, you know, that was b- back then. I believe he paid, played tight end actually at CU. Um, so that's that really shows that he's taking kind of a development. We've talked about saying, oh, is this tight end able to move to tackle? We've seen one guy do it and Matt left this and real quick we'll get to in the shop with Willie, why don't you uh, with a five dollar super why don't I take this to prove I am not Willie. Willie and I get along great. He's a great guy love Willie. he's gonna get his own channel up going soon uh, with some cars and different things. Uh, so really be on the lookout for that. but we got uh, Willie saying John. You didn't tell me you'd be on tonight, my oh, man. Doing the 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 emojis for 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 uh, for Drew Locke. I we, all it it. we all know what he means. We all know what it means. we all know what he means. And I appreciate it, Willie. Just you know, I just wanted to see if you came on. Would say hello. Didn't want to feel like you know pressuring in, pressuring you to come on. Honestly.
0: And by the way, John is, of course, crack and wise on that. We all know who Willie is. Willie's been on the show, but John, uh, Zach makes fun of John sometimes. Willie uh, is John's burner account, you know, because of how much love Willie gives John. But they're good buddies, so it is what it is. Willie, thanks, brother. It is great to see you. Appreciate the super chat. And, and John, look who it is. We got Bobby veritable Thank princess you. of MHH. Grab this one, dude. It. Yeah, uh, Bobby, it's great being
1: able to speak with you. It's been a while. Hope everything's going well. Uh, really appreciate all of your generosity. Um, and she says, Hey, Chad beast and MHH family, uh, giving us some hearts as well. Good to see you beast. Hope, uh, hope everyone is having a great night. I think we are, it's always better when we have Poppy in here as well. Um, you know, Poppy is, is someone when you, ch- when you're down, you can reach out to, and she's, you know, brightened my day plenty of times. So, Um, this MHH family, I know means a lot to her and I, I appreciate, I appreciate you, Poppy. You've always uh, been very sweet and supportive of me. So uh, thank you so much. And that's a huge super. So thank you. And I, and I hope all is well with you as well.
0: It is great to see you. It is great. It's the chat just isn't the same without Poppy in the hizzy. So much love to you, my friend. It is great to see you. It is great to see you. Hope you've been well. Um, guys, what are your thoughts on these top fives? It is the mile high mailbag. We'll get to as many as we can, including Zeus jumping in with a very generous Zeus Zeus McPeak. We got to get Zeus back on the show. By the way, Zeus, you'll be happy to, to know that I have finally mastered the internet demons. All right. I have put them under my heel for, I've got, I've got a router set up for in the house for the family, blah, blah, blah. My studio, in fact, next time I stream for the Huddle Up podcast, I'll be streaming from the studio. You guys get to see that. But had an entirely different system and router and account set up for the studio. And it's top of the line, Doc. And thanks to you, some tips you gave us when we were able to chat with you on the show and before the show uh, last year, I got it made in the shade. So, Zeus, love you, buddy. Really appreciate you. Um, John, real quick here. Yeah. Lane. I love throwing on my Jake the Snake jersey from time to time just to see the responses. You know, I think he's a he's a guy that did on a um, minority of Broncos fans wear thin with some of his antics. And by that, I just simply mean that, like, you know, when when he every every quarterback in the league has experienced getting booed by their own fans when things aren't going their way, and that's not a sign that fans are saying. To hell with you. We hate you. It's just do better, right? That's all it means is do better. And of course, as you mentioned earlier in the show, Jake was one to uh, respond in kind, right? Mm-hmm. And I think for some fans, you know, they there was. I think most fans were really disappointed to see Jake Cutler get drafted, and that's nothing against Jake Cutler. Um, Jake was, I think, very much a treasured figure for most Broncos fans, but there is that aspect of his kind of. He's kind of like a long haired hippie punk rocker playing, you know, playing uh, quarterback for the love of the game. And that's something he talked to me about today as well. Um, But in history and in retrospect, I think most fans, like Lane, look back on Plummer's four year era in Denver with, you know, just fond memories and appreciation for what he did because similar to Peyton, only it didn't result in a world championship. That four year reign that he was here, I mean, 06. If he would have been left to continue starting that season, I can guarantee you right now. Broncos would have found their way into the playoffs, and then who knows. But it was as prolific in terms of wins and playoff berths as any four-year stretch in team history, not counting 96 through, well, 96, 97, 98, and then, of course, Manning's four years.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I love – Jake the Snake. I feel like uh, either people, like you were saying, they either have a love hate relationship. But as time has gone on, I think people have realized he was to be appreciated, and I think that's happened. I've seen at a few games. The, you know, the last time I went to a game, he was there, and he you know he just stood up, and everyone gave him an ovation. So I I know that the Broncos fans have kind of switched uh, to a much more uh, jovial feeling towards Jake Plummer, and in,
0: in my opinion, at least. Let me just put it this way: Jake Plummer in. And- Casa Jensen is a, is a Denver Broncos quarterback that has always been appreciated and highly, highly, highly regarded. So, yes. And, again, guys, look for that piece. I'll have a couple of articles coming out, in fact, on my conversation with Jake uh, tonight and tomorrow. So check for, for that. And, Travis, what's up, dude? Good to see you as well. Thank you. One of our great super supporters on Facebook. And, Travis, we will be getting back to you in our email correspondence. He wants to send us some T-shirts. We'll be getting back to you with the specific details on that. Uh, so don't think we forgot about you. We will get back to you here very, very soon. Appreciate you. Hey, Gary uh, and the Leeds legend.
1: Palmer. Yes, we have the legend of the superstar, Gary Leeds Palmer. I'd like to be able to say thank you for you personally this time. Yo, Chad and John and all of Broncos country, appreciate that, Gary. It's it's not the same without you. We, we love looking for your supers and uh, just seeing you
0: chat. Amen. Also, Michael has come out of the blue over the last, I don't know, month and a half or so, just very – dedicated, outgoing listener and member of the community. Every single pod, every night, whether it's Huddle Up or one of the other shows, he's in there supporting the cause, buying the swag, rocking the swag, supporting the brand. So, Michael, shout out to you, my friend. Good to see you.
1: I got one question for you. We went through these uh, tackles really quickly. But Gary Zimmerman, to me, I've heard few people say he should be considered a Bronco. I've heard other people can say he should be considered a
0: Viking. Where do you come down on that? Well, I think if you – you know, they don't really view it that way anymore in the hall, like you're going into the hall as a Bronco or you're going into the hall. They don't really do it that way. But if you were going to actually make that an argument, he had Pat a, He was more successful. In, you could argue he had more individual success in Minnesota. But that individual success, though not as long, was there as well in Denver and he got a world championship. So – in the same way that I think uh, look Colts fans are always going to think of Peyton Manning as theirs. I think Broncos fans and a lot of non-Broncos fans view Peyton as a Bronco in many, many ways, just because that four years he was here, he wasn't just Peyton Manning. Like it was Peyton Manning and the Broncos were like breaking records and double digit wins each year Two super, I mean, prolific, right? All the records in, in uh, 2013. And so, I, I view Gary Zimmerman as a Bronco and a Viking, but if push came to shove and you said you got to pick one, I'm going to err on the side of which team did he get to the top of the mountain, Denver.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about that a little bit when uh, pondering this, and he had Pat Bowen do his speech for when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. That also says a lot to me. A, a lot of things about Gary Zimmerman are very interesting. He was one of the few players that was in – um, the USFL for a little bit before he came uh, to the NFL was playing with Steve Young there. Uh, some cool things about that. And then he was drafted by Minnesota once uh, the USFL kind of collapsed. He had to uh, do a supplemental draft. And, you know, when you look at his numbers, three all pros, one of them was with the Broncos in 96 uh, and seven Pro Bowls. I mean, and, and again, through all the different years, a NFL all uh, decades team in the 80s and 90s. Really, he makes the strongest case for any Bronco at this point. He is the number one left tackle. Even if you only say he played for those few years, he made a difference those those few years and he really made that impact. And I, I just always enjoyed hearing those little nippets about him. You know, it's just it's it was fun for me.
0: So we got um real quick, I just yeah, want to where'd he go? Yes, Ken Lanier is is deserving to be on the top of all time list. Um Who's I think it was Michael said bowls over lepsis is a stretch. And then here he is with the super chat as well. Thank okay. you, Michael, for the for the support, my friend. He says, John, here's 10 bucks. Buy a Broncos poster for your wall. <laughs> great to see a live it's a nice one. painting. It's and, a painting. Yeah, come Be on, happy.
1: It's, a, it's a little bit of uh, uh zest to life. Come on, we don't need yes. Broncos. Everything, come on, let's do a nice painting. Schwabbe. It's the
0: spice of life, art, yes. right? It's the zest. Uh, but he goes on, John, to say, great to see a live one and cool to have you on. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you, Michael. John, real quick on the notion of Matt Lepsis, I understand the argument for anyone that would say no lepsis over bulls. I totally understand it. This is one mm-hmm. of those to each their own eye of the beholder type situations. Yes. But let me just let me just take a look. So if you look at his NFL career, he officially was categorized as, you know, being an NFL player from 98 to 07, even though he was around in 97. 98 is when he was on active rosters on making that transition as you mentioned from being a, a tight end he was such an athlete that they could take that put some weight on him and now he's a shutdown left tackle mm-hmm. but he went from 98 through 07 all right and he was a 16 game starter 99 through 2005 didn't miss a oh no he did miss a game excuse me 16 game starter in one two three four five six he had one year seven out of nine years. Gold. Yeah, I think he had
1: one year with an ankle where he unfortunately missed, and that's. But keep going.
0: And my point though was he ended up finishing his career as is uh, in Denver as having started 133 games. Now, real quick, just for you know what and gigs, let me just take a quick look. Four years into Garrett Bull's career, this man has started 63, so he's got about half of the road to hoe that Lepsis has in terms of you know body of work. But I just think that considering that he was a original first round pick of the team, considering that he was basically given up and left for dead on the side of the road by media, myself included in many ways, and many fans alike, for him to turn the corner, not just to just you know, just say, Oh, look, you know, he wasn't holding people anymore. Cool. But to go on and become an analytics darling, earn a coveted accolade like a second team all pro. I put that up over Matt Lepsis because I don't think Matt Lepsis ever earned Pro Bowl knots. I'm not sure on that. Let me, I'll double-check it, though, John.
1: Uh, you know, I don't think he actually uh, had a Pro, no, pro Bowl knot either. And he did p- play a lot of right tackle. I'll admit that. I think he only had a few years at left tackle. That was more in the, the end of his career. Um, so I understand where you're coming from. He definitely made that huge jump. Um, and Lepsis was more of a, you know, guy you found rough, you know, in the dirt kind of thing. Uh, but with bowls it's hard to argue against him anything against him, but for me, Lepsis was my left tackle growing up. So I do admit there's some bias there. At the same time, we need to see more from from Bowles than just one year. Uh, I think Lepsis, if you were to give me 10 years of what Lepsis could do versus, let's say, only three years Bowles can do what he, he does, I'll take the 10 years of Lepsis. Lepsis was solid, and he was great with the culture of the Broncos. Same as Bowles, but Lepsis had a – kept the culture in Denver the old way. And that's how I
0: feel. David Bingaman. Yes, I did get your email and I did read your email. His uh, thesis is that what if Aaron Rodgers was just so disillusioned with everything, you know, the Jordan Love drafting and, you know, he's been in the league a long time and he has been to the top of the mountain, even though it was well over a decade ago. Maybe he decided after last year, after being the MVP, that he was going to retire, but to, to, to kind of stick the knife into, into his you know, Green Bay Packers executives and the way that he felt they stuck it into him by drafting Jordan Love, he's leaving everybody hanging by creating this false, I want to be traded thing, but had decided all along, starting in January after the season ended and they were bounced in the NFC title game, I'm going to retire I don't think so. It's fun. It's an interesting, uh, you know, theory, David. But I don't think so. I really don't. Um, even if he wanted to somehow get back at the Green Bay Packers, I mean, come on, dude. What are we talking about here? This is a man that's earned hundreds of millions of dollars. He's considered to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. One of the greatest of his era. I just don't think he would be that small. You know, that petty. I don't know. Yeah. I, I could be wrong. I do think he's kind of a weird guy. You guys have heard me say that before. But that would really surprise me. And I think that'll come out in the wash, John. If he does retire, then David's right. But I don't think he's going to retire. But very interesting theory, David. Yeah, that's an interesting theory. I I don't think that would be something he would do.
1: You don't play with multi-million dollar companies. I mean, these are... I mean, this is playing with people's livelihoods as well. I don't think he would play with GM's livelihoods, scouts' livelihoods. You know, that's just not the way I think anybody should should act. I mean, could he act that way? Of course. I mean, there, there are some people that are, are petty, unfortunately. Um, and that's what they, what they do.
0: By the um, so. way, we've talked about a lot of guys here tonight. We have not let our hair down on Ryan Clady. Ryan Clady needs to be in the ring of fame at the first possible opportunity. All right. And by the way, Gio enjoy those uh, bulls jerseys for opening night at, at uh, New York giants. That's going to be cool for you. And I'm sure you're taking uh, Jasmine, right? You're, you're going to take the, your daughter and have a good old time. Um, but John, we don't talk. We haven't talked enough yet about Ryan Clady and how special he was. You know, the Broncos draft him in the first round out of Boise state. in 08, mm-hmm. immediately plug him in day one starter at left tackle, goes on to – th- pr- it might have been beaten since then, but at the time, he was the first rookie left tackle to start all 16 games in NFL history and not relinquish a single sack. He was credited with a half sack, but he did not get credited with relinquishing a sack, a full sack, and at least up until that point in the recent you know, past – He's the only guy to ever do that. And he goes on to, let's not forget Ryan Clady, who also has a world championship ring with the Broncos because he was on the active roster in 2015. Then he gets hurt. That's when they scramble. They go out and they sign Ryan Harris back, end up re-signing Tyler Palumbus as well, who's an honorable mention for right tackle, if you want to get into that. Um, But Clady ends up being, of course, on injured reserve, but with rules being the way they are now, he got a ring and he's considered to be a Super Bowl 50 champion. He did contribute in his own way even though it was cut short to what that team was and what it became in 2015, but this was a four-time Pro Bowler, 09. I can't I'm surprised even as a rookie he didn't make the Pro Bowl, but four-time Pro Bowler, two-time first team all-pro, one-time second team all-pro. And then of course, you know, he was uh, he was on the all-rookie team, all that stuff. Ryan Clady is just one of the finest players to ever don the orange and blue. And I just hate the fact that the injury bug cut short that career because he could very well, John, still be playing.
1: He's only 34. I mean, if you look at um, players that were taken from that that class, that was a great left tackle class or offensive tackle class in general. Joe Staley, I'm not sure if he retired, but he was playing last year. So definitely Ryan Clady could have still been playing. It's very unfortunate what happened to him. I believe it was something with his ankle or Liz Frank, as you can see with, with some of those injuries, if it, you know, these, these athletes, these, these offensive linemen, these tackles especially, they, they are great with their feet. And if you lose that ability for that motion, it, it will take away your career, as you said. Pretty much every single time he was uh, during a Bronco career, he he was a pro bowler. I think except 2010 or something, he didn't get it. Uh, and also was a great in college as well, an All-American. That's the reason why he was taken so high. Uh, so Clady, everything about him from college career to the end of his career, he was fantastic. Broncos fans loved him. Very disappointed that we couldn't see his career fully blossom. But no matter what. Uh, ring of fan kind of guy everyone wants to you know if you saw him at a training camp you would you would run for his
0: autograph everyone would he's a great guy well and he's also you know one of the things I think that kind of hurts him in the legacy department is something that was no fault of his which is quarterback instability he blocked for the likes of Jay Cutler Kyle Orton Brady Quinn Tim Tebow then he finally gets Peyton Manning and, and had it made in the shade, and then that's when the injury bug starts nipping at his heels. He did have two seasons, though, <clears throat> as the lockdown blindside protector for Peyton Manning, 2012 and 2014. Both years, of course, he makes the Pro Bowl, and in 12, that's one of his two first-team All-Pro nods. Um, but, John, let's grab this super chat here from Willie yes. again. Thanks, bro. He says, I think Bulls has earned a little tough love. I also would like to see him play like his salary another year before I would look at it as not being an outlier last year. And that's fair. I don't fault you for that one bit, Willie. I don't fault you, anyone for that, John.
1: I agree, and you, you want him to get where that salary is. I think it's a great salary in the end. Also, just speaking on the Broncos deal, one of the last moves Elway did, uh, really thought he, he did well with that move. I'm very glad to have him for years, and I think he will play up to that for you, Willie. If not, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll, we'll maybe get a gentleman's bet
0: going. Um, Michael says, Mike Shanahan did not like Jake Plummer. Now, I wouldn't say that. I really wouldn't. Mike Shanahan's the reason Jake Plummer became a Bronco. All right? Mike Shanahan coveted and wanted Plummer. Mike Shanahan liked Plummer so much that he was willing to give up on the guy who was supposed to be the successor to John Elway, Brian Greasy. Brian Greasy was the starter as late as 02, and 02, like much of his career in Denver, Injured, missed a few starts. You had guys like Berline and trying to remember Danny Cannell starting games, Um, but Shanahan liked Plummer so much as a fit for his scheme that he was willing to give up on Greasy. And then he rolled with Plummer for a couple of years, and he was he really was like the only uh, gripe I think you can have about Jake Plummer is he didn't have an elite arm strength. Everything else, though, dude, this man had in. Bates, from the athleticism to that magician's knack for just making something out of nothing, being elusive, being the leader though, what really set Jake Plummer apart from all of his peers, I mean, Jake Cutler couldn't even sniff the caliber of leader that Jake Plummer was. The problem for Mike, all right, and the reason Jake Plummer ultimately fell out of favor is, by the time you get John, to the 2005 season, Mike had been the head coach in Denver for just over a decade. He knew that He's, you know, I mean, how many coaches outside of Bill Belichick, outside of uh, Lombardi? I mean, they don't have guaranteed write-your-own-check, you know, just tell us when you're done coaching. Job security, And even though it felt like Mike had that for a long time, he knew that he was getting up there. Like, he felt a sense of urgency, and I think he was so disappointed by Plummer's performance in that AFC title game that he thought, look, I got to have a plan B And then, you know, the rest is history. But I would never go so far as to say Shanahan didn't like Plummer, though I know they did butt heads big time um, from post 2005 AFC title game on. You can butt heads with people that you work
1: with and still get the work and the job done. And I think what I think uh, when it came to Plummer, he fit Kubiak's system. He fit. He fit everything that was going on. Those naked bootlegs, man. How many of us do just remember seeing those plays and being confused with the cameramen and just enjoying those plays? He fit the system in Denver. So for everything that maybe fans didn't like, they didn't get along with, he brought other things to the table where we're seeing some amazing plays and, and all those different uh, things alike.
0: Quick shout-out to these top star senders on Facebook Claude, what's up, dude? Good to see you. Thank you so much. John, see if uh, you can work some magic and find maybe if Claude okay. had a comment or question because the chat has been pretty heavy and we are it's hard to find them sometimes while you're all talking off the top of your head. And oh, here it is. Claude, thank you, buddy. He says, no matter who, what, when, where, why, go Broncos, hashtag Denver Broncos for life, hashtag return to glory. Appreciate that, my friend. Bobby, super chat. Bobby, superstar on, on Facebook as well. Love you. Travis Tarbox as well. Gary Leeds Palmer. Thanks all four of you. And guys, these star senders, all right, and supporters on Facebook are helping us and helping you get us to that 500,000 star, 500, star goal, which is where we're going to give away a Von Miller jersey, all right, to people who have starred, people who have contributed to the cause on Facebook. So thanks to each and every one of you.
1: Yeah. Appreciate you guys. I'm not usually able to say that to you guys, but thank you for all the stars. It's always great to see them come in. I always try to get your comments. So if I miss something, please let me know if you donate some stars
0: and I'll try to get the best to you as I can. You know, here's the thing too about Jake Plummer that he doesn't get enough love for is, you know, he had a season in which he, he threw 2000 yard receivers, Rod Smith, Ashley Lilly. He also was the quarterback in 2005 that, presided over the Broncos coming just this close to having 2,000-yard rushers in the same season at Mike Anderson and Tatum Bell. The Broncos' offense, it was a different kind of offense than the modern schemes, but it was a juggernaut in its time. People feared that rushing game so badly that the play action over the top, like John talked about with the naked boots that would get the defense sucked in and going laterally across the left side or right side, whatever and then Jake would roll out, and boom, Rod Smith over the top, boom, Ashley Lee over the top. I just – I really have always been an admirer of Jake Plummer's, and even before he became a Bronco, I always just lamented. I was like, you know, because I followed him uh, during his collegiate career Did at Arizona, Arizona State, the fact that he was a Boise kid and all that, and I just always thought, man, it would be cool if he was a Bronco, and then one day it happened, right? And so Jake Plummer to me, like emotionally, John Elway, Jake Plummer. Yeah, then Peyton, and that might be sad. you know, that might be, um, uh, f- you know, that might rub Zachary some people wrong, but it's religious. That's the word I was looking for to some people, but in my emotional heart of hearts, Elway Plummer Manning, and that could be
1: one reason why I have Lepsis higher. I had him at number two than Clady. I, you know, for me, Lepsis was a, a person where I went to training camp, he was a nice guy. I even had a friend where. He, Lepsis' last game, um, he, he took off his helmet and he gave my friend uh, a helmet, and his last helmet to his last game. And I just always had a great connection with with Lepsis and he was always a great person. So great different things.
0: Guys, if you're liking this uh, best, you know, the uh, best ever Broncos edition, top five thing, hey, we'll do it again Sunday night for the Huddle Up Pod, John and I. But you're going to have to request here in the chat what position you would want us to focus on? Because uh, you know we're open to suggestion on that. We could just you know robotically pick the next position and say mm-hmm. top five guards or top five centers or whatever. But you guys tell us what you want us to focus on in that regard. Would in, love that uh, on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Uh, corner. We're hearing from Joel the full corner. That'd be yes, interesting. Indeed. We'll see. I
1: have, I have a lot of different corners, a lot of different feelings. Got running back as well, but we do have a lot of corners zone schemes so we've got uh mark here real quickly really appreciate those stars thank you so much want to say thank you really quickly there
0: and you know what real quick john the, yeah, go ahead the whole zone blocking thing like Mike shanahan deserves a lot of credit for having the but not all not all but for having the um intestinal fortitude to start implementing that
1: yeah but who was though remind it was me the, of the coach it, give me the first letter I know it alex Gibbs Thank you. It was Gibbs, and Gibbs really did do a fantastic job. Uh, didn't he end up going to the Texans, unfortunately, uh, uh, later And when it ended? Uh, it was a sad ending of that relationship when the Broncos went to more of that power scheme with, I believe, when Franklin came around. That's when they switched to that more power scheme. Yeah, he went, Kube. he went
0: with Coop. He went with Coop. He followed Kube. You yeah. see, Alex Gibbs was a guy who bounced around of, from college to the pros trying to tell people for years and years about his zone blocking philosophy and how it's, you know, a, a freaking weapon just waiting to be deployed. It wasn't until Mike Shanahan that anyone really took him seriously and said, wait a minute now, let's draw this up. Ooh, I can catch the vision. All right, let's try practicing this. See what, Ooh. And then it was just 1000 yard rusher after the other, starting with Terrell Davis to, you know, Glenn Milburn to Orlando Gary to, uh, fricking Clinton Portis. Right. Um, Who am I missing? Ruben drones.
1: Yep. uh, Mike Anderson, Mike Anderson. But here's the thing when those players left, they didn't have the same success. Some of them, some of them had some mild success. Like even, you know, even for um, Orlando scary, he had an okay year, one year, but he was never the same. None of those guys were never the same. And it was because of the offensive line. It was because of the scheme. It was not seen in the past uh, really. And opening, you know, it was just a, a, such a simple concept, but, if, if if a running back had the vision
0: for it, man, was that a special system to be in. You know what's crazy about Olandis Gary's 1,000-yard year, 99, Tell is me. remember, T, uh, T, I almost said T.O. Terrell Davis, T.D., started that year healthy and on the roster. And it was you know three, four games in that he had that knee injury that ended up basically ending his career. So, so Olandis rushed for nearly 1,200 yards in just 12 games. So this dude, my dude was averaging nearly 100 yards a game. And you give him credit for that, but you also credit that Broncos O-line and the schematic vision of the Shanahan-Alex Gibbs marriage. And I even
1: remember a game where Mike Anderson went over 200 yards. I mean, that's huge for a running back, especially when a team uh, knows that all you're going to do is run. I mean, I'm not sure how many yards again. I don't remember. He wasn't anywhere, you know, the 295 that Jamal Lewis had at that time, I think was the record. But, man, that that was just one of those amazing games. Uh, Real quick before we go, do you want to talk a little bit about Tony Jones?
0: Yeah, Tony Jones, you know, he – the reason he's so high on my list – now, most fans actually think of Tony Jones as a right tackle um, because this 32 – Super Bowl 32 squad, you had Zimmerman on one side, Tony on the other. But then when Zimmerman hung up his cleats, Tony took over as a left guy. And so, you know, I think those of you who are those of us in Bronco Land who's were are old enough to have remembered watching those teams, you know, Tony Jones was a pillar, man. He was a rock. And he was another guy that really flourished under the coaching direction of Alex Gibbs, Mike Shanahan. And in fact, if you look at his career, you know, he was a left tackle through most of his career playing in the league from uh, 1990, right tackle in Cleveland. But then ensuing one, two, three, four, five, six years, he played left tackle. Then he comes to Denver. We Hey, look, we got a future Hall of Famer locking down left side. How about this year you play right tackle and then we'll see what happens? He's like, yeah, no problem. And then, of course, he finished his career in the three following seasons as Denver's left tackle, 16 game starter in 98, Super Bowl, 12 game starter in 99, little injury, and then 16 game starter his final year in 2000.
1: Yeah. Um, real quick, want to get to Travis's point here. Great point. He shut down Reggie White in Super Bowl 32. That's huge. I mean, uh, that's just a huge feat any game don't tell me especially when you're playing in the super bowl huge feat um uh i know he passed away unfortunately this year in january as well tony jones did so wanna you know give him a you know shout out there and you know give him in memory as well he was very young um not even in his 60s if i recall so that's very young for for someone to pass away 54 uh, very young uh that is sad and anyone you know so i believe he played a good chunk of his career in Cleveland. So I'm all for, you know, for someone leaving Cleveland, even though it was in that uh, Baltimore, Cleveland, you know, you know, Baltimore, Cleveland going to Baltimore, anyone leaving Cleveland, in my opinion, this is just my personal take that that's good for me um so he was there you know for big moments though for for the baltimore ravens their first season i mean he's done a lot of different things he did brought me a lot of different things and he he won i believe he was also undrafted so i mean this guy really earned earned his way in the nfl so very uh very proud to say have him a part of uh the broncos tradition in, in tackles you're
0: right undrafted in 1988 uh, and you know what else he brings to the table? Not only his two Super Bowl rings, but he brought a second team all pro nod as a Brown. All right. In 94. And then he made the Pro Bowl as the left tackle in 1998. So Tony Jones. Yes. I mean, dude, just tragic, tragic that he died at 54. So Very prayers young. up to him and his family.
1: Yes, and I and again, that's why even though there was some at him playing right tackle, I'm going to make a little excuse and say let's have Tony Jones. This was this has been a great conversation. It's great to see that we also had different tackles. You know, even though it was a pretty slim pickings, uh, and we also agreed how close those some of those tackles were. Ryan Harris, I loved him for different reasons. Matt Lepsis, you loved him for different reasons, as you were talking about his consistency. So it, it's it's pretty amazing how we're able to all uh, kind of agree with closely with these rankings at the same time we understand why they're ranked this way i really enjoy talking uh, at least about the offensive tackles for once
0: personally you know what i think would be fun go for it tell me to do a best ever denver broncos backup quarterback who is the best backup the top five in uh, broncos history you that's, know that's, with your Bubbies and your coobs and
1: you know <sighs> Gosh, you you say the number one to me that comes off my, my head is Bobby Brister. I just – when I grew up as a kid, I always loved seeing Bobby play. It was for – you know, I didn't understand football quite yet. I was still learning it. And for some reason, when Bobby came in for John Elliott when he was hurt, I just had a great feeling when he was playing there. He looked like he was having fun. I was having fun, just kind of cheering. So Bobby Brister, really, really up there in my heart. So that would be a very interesting one. I have a lot of guys that I'd have up there. Um, but people are saying Bobby Brister here. Here's another one I didn't think of. So maybe Steve DeBerg?
0: Maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I viewed Steve DeBerg more as a as the guy that got the starter, who got deposed by John Elway, not so much Elway's backup. Yeah. So, to me, and this is because John and I are separated by half a generation in age. To me, the quintessential backup all time is Gary Kubiak because he served as Elway's backup for the majority of Elway's career. Came into the league the same year. And, you know, a lot of people who listen to this show are too young to remember it, but he stepped in at a few different points in the 80s in some key games when Elway would be banged up and he would step in and keep the ship afloat, you know? So, maybe, uh, We'll we'll focus on a top five for position whatever, and then if we get enough time, maybe Sunday night we'll try and get to top five best ever Broncos. If we can get it,
1: we'll we can definitely try to work it in real quickly. Craig Morton, I don't was can, a backup. No, I don't consider two. Craig Morton a backup but for some reason. I think I've asked you this. Do you consider Craig Morton a Cowboy or
0: a Bronco? See, and that one's a little bit more. Um, I have that one's a little that. bit more even, but I I gotta say uh, Bronco just because okay. he had more years. Probably I don't have the it right in front of me, but he he led the Broncos to the Super Bowl, right? The Orange Crush right. defense that year, he was the cue um, for the Denver Broncos offense. So I don't know. I don't view Craig Morton as a backup in okay. Denver. I don't, yeah, view I don't his, either. He might have served as a backup at a few different points, but I don't. And so did Peyton Manning. You know, week seventeen, he was a backup to Brock Osweiler. For crying out loud, no one views Peyton Manning as, as in that conversation. Those so, are some great points. Um, yeah, old crazy legs, Craig. But you know what? Last thing, Bubby Brister would probably be number two for me. But I viewed him as a as a Steeler. You know, he was a he was the Steelers guy for many years uh, in the nineties. In fact, now I got to pull this up because it's it's gonna it's bug going bu- yeah. I need to know too. I I have to know. So Bobby Brister, guys, um, all my football cards and my collecting and stuff from '86 to '92, he was a Steeler and he okay, he was the starter was for too. good ch- good chunk of that. <clears throat> um, and then you know he bounced around to Philly and the Jets before he came to Denver. And uh, you know I think what endears him to Broncos fans is the fact that. You know, if you don't have Bubby Brister on the roster, maybe you and it's a different quarterback. Maybe you still win more of those games than you lose for that four-week stretch that he filled in for Elway, but probably not. You probably don't go four and zero like Bubby did that year for the Broncos and locking down the number one seed, where they were able to just steamroll all the way to remember, like Mark Schlereth talking about in the uh, America's game for Super Bowl thirty-three by the time they got to the Super Bowl and they're facing across the field their former head coach Dan Reeves and the Atlanta Falcons there was no doubt in their minds they were winning this game and it was almost like you know an obligatory duty to go out there and quickly handle the Falcons so that we can say we are back-to-back world champions
1: and then go to sleep i remember him saying and, yeah. something about that like once he won, once they won the game a few of them were just like let's go party the ones that won you know the second super bowl guys we've done a lot of work this year we're going to bed I, so I remember that story a little bit too, as you were saying. But that that's a great uh, that's a great uh, point as well.
0: All right, guys, listen, we got to get out of here. Um, I got to get ready. I'm going to be on with um, Benjamin Albright. Uh, I'm going to be on with Benjamin Albright, Ryan Edwards, Broncos Country tonight at 7:40. I think is when it is. So I got to eat some dinner and then jump on that. So if you guys want to listen in Denver, you can catch that on KOA. But John, dude, great job rocking Thank it you. tonight, I, holding I it down. It. It's great to yes. have you on. I'll look forward to to Sunday night show and uh, have a have a great weekend, bro. And then I'll sign us off. Thank you so much. You
1: take care of it. It was great talking to all of you. Looking forward to Sunday. We'll find that position that you guys are talking about, and maybe we'll wiggle in some of those backup quarterbacks as well. So appreciate it. Thank you so much, everyone. Take care.
0: All right, guys. So, hey, don't forget tomorrow night you got the Dove Valley Deep Divers at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. And then Saturday, the Trickle Zone, noon Mountain Time for our Facebook supporters. And then um, 2 p.m. Saturday will be Broncos Book Club with yours truly. And then Saturday night, of course, Mile High Insiders. Sunday, I think Zach said there he was still planning on doing a Kelberman's Corner. I didn't specifically talk to him about it, but he made mention that he and Kim were working on something. So, oh,
1: t- Tim Dirt, I'm so sorry. He gave me a good point. The giveaway. Ooh. I'm so sorry to to break you up like that. Yep. No. Nope, no. Nope. Uh, we, we have a giveaway. I- let's let's get to that. We we always appreciate you guys, especially on Facebook, like yourself, Tim. I uh, appreciate you also shouting out the pod. Uh, same with BNS. Always appreciate it, guys. Uh, and let me know when you, you have the name, correct? Do you have the name? Yeah, let me just pull it up. So uh, while you're doing that, I just want to say thank you again to everyone. Uh, if we don't usually speak on Twitter, like like George, we we have a different way of speaking. Always great speaking with you. Uh, it's great speaking with Dylan. Uh, everyone. I, I don't know how to say thank you other than you You, you know I'm, I'm a very appreciative of it. And uh, please reach out to me uh, on Twitter. If not, you know we'll find a different way to talk. There's always plenty of ways. Um, starting a Facebook finally. So that'll be a new way. I'm working it slowly, working it slowly guys, getting a Facebook. It's a, it's a deep dive for me.
0: Okay, here it is. Drum roll. <laughs> Chris Chavez winner of this week's giveaway. And Chris made himself eligible by both liking and following the huddle up podcast, Facebook page. So Chris, congrats to you. I don't know if you're with this live right now, but if you hear this or when you hear this, uh, or if you're watching live, just shoot us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com, and tell us what your T-shirt size is as well as your shipping address, and we'll get you out a little something-something as a thank you for taking our call to action to heart. So thanks for that reminder, guys. Congratulations, and
1: Congratulations, hey, Chris.
0: Make sure uh, you connect with us on Twitter, at Huddle Up Pod at MileHighHuddle. You can find John, as you can see on the screen here, at JohnKMHH myself at Chad and Jensen, and don't forget Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL. Again, guys, you want to uh, be in on the running for these weekly giveaways that we're doing, all you got to do is make sure you've, you're liking and following the Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page. Check out Becoming a Supporter, all right? Big blue button on our main Facebook page for Mile High Huddle. And, uh, guys, check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com. With that being said, thanks to each and every one of you for making it another just fun appointment Uh hosting for for yours truly week of podcasting i just really look forward to it appreciate all you guys travis what's up dude good to see you thank you thank Um, you everyone. uh, john have a great weekend bro see you soon all right guys for john for zach i'm chad we'll see you sunday you've been listening to the huddle up podcast join broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going